You saw the blueprint. Now I'll tell you exactly why the Ole Miss Rebels can be the 2023 version of the TCU Horned Frogs. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope it went well for everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Anyway, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your job faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below. And, of course, upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. We're going to, over the course of the next month, talk about what we're going to do moving forward. Um, and I mean, it's exciting. This thing has absolutely exploded, and it is all you guys that did it. Thank you very much. Anyway, today's show, we're going to talk about how Ole Miss can be the 2023 version of the TCU Horn Frogs, and I will tell you exactly how they can do that. This roster was always built for 2023. Um, there were too many questions going into 2022. Ole Miss was able to pull it off. They made some tactical errors along the way, and that allowed them to not maximize their position. There's also a little bit of sabotage involved in what's going on. So just so everybody knows, whenever you go, I, I am an Ole Miss fan, obviously, but when I say Ole Miss fan, I root for the school. I do not make it to where um, – I put anybody up there like where they are the school. It wouldn't be a situation to where Lane Kiffin is Ole Miss football. No, Ole Miss football is Ole Miss football. There's been 11 coaches in the past. Lane Kiffin's just another one. There's not a situation where any player is do or die that I'm going to lose my mind over because I've seen numerous classes of players come through. There's so much turnover amongst the Ole Miss team. So whenever somebody goes either way on that one, they kind of lose me a little bit. So looking at what is going on, since I told you there's so much rotation, so much turnover in players, this 2023 team will not be attached to the 2022 team at all. The end of that season, it, you've got the bowl practices, you're going to have spring practice, you have a chance to fix every single thing for the 2023 team. It's not going to move over. I expect there's going to be staff changes. I expect the offense and defense is going to evolve. Not necessarily change, evolve. And in this show, I'm going to talk about what Ole Miss can do to bring their offense back up to cutting edge. Because they weren't last year. I mean, there's no way. I, I like the Nebraska stuff from the 90s. I like the running the football. I, I, I enjoyed that. But that was not cutting edge. Nobody will tell you that that is cutting edge. Defensively, we talk about the physics problem. We saw this weekend exactly probably the 
probably the direction that Ole Miss should go, honestly. And we'll talk about that in the second segment because what TCU did with the 3-3 stack over the course of the weekend was amazing. They basically lined up in bare front against a team that wanted to play smash mouse football, and they couldn't do it. They attacked, they attacked, they attacked. They were violent. It was just beautiful to watch. So when everybody's talking about Garrett Riley as an assistant coach, I don't want Garrett Riley. I want the defensive coordinator. I like what they were doing. I want to do some of that. They made... They made Michigan's vaunted run offense, the Joe Moore offensive line of the year, look pedestrian at times. Now, Jim Harbaugh figured some stuff out, even though they were getting destroyed at the line of scrimmage and was able to scheme some plays to really make that game a drunk game. But overall, the defense did their job, and they did it with defensive line play and secondary play. Not so much the second level. And if that sounds familiar and in a fit familiar system to be into, that's because it's true. Ole Miss has traditionally struggled recruiting linebackers. But I'm going to say a few things in this episode that I think Ole Miss needs to do. And if they do this, they have a chance to roll in 2023. I like Jackson Dart in a quarterback. As a quarterback, if you listen to the show, you have no doubt of that. I've been very high on him since the beginning and towards the end of the season. He got a lot better. So if you take the first year as a starting quarterback, that's Matt Corral 2019 under Rich Rod in a run-first offense, Jackson Darton 2022 under Lane Kiffin in a run-first offense, Jackson Dart probably had the better year. Now, does that mean that he's going to go off and leave, Matt? I don't know. I know that from right now, after his sophomore year, he has a leg up on Matt Corral career-wise. Decisions that were made, everything. If we would not have played this quarterback competition charade throughout the first month of the season, he would be even better right now. That's the reason I look back at that charade and it's like, no, that this this needs to stop. So offensively, we have talked to Bill Flowers several times during the season. And he mentioned that this route tree, the combination of this offense, the donut-sized hole in the middle of the field needs to go away. It's a problem. It may means that linebackers can tee off on your run game. So when you saw those inside zone plays against Texas, Texas Tech, not working, it's because the linebackers did not have to worry about what's behind them, what's to the right of them. They could just attack the line of scrimmage. And as you saw, the offensive line got whooped whenever there was no indecision going on. See, the trick with this offense is it's an RPO offense. So when everybody says um, they have trouble pass blocking, it's true because on every play they run block. Because on every play, there's a run tag, and you have to decide whether or not. If the quarterback holds the ball, they're going to get through. It's set up. A run block is a more violent, more attacking posture than a pass block. Pass blocking is about absorbing. Run blocking is about attacking. And those attack make it easy to shed, makes it easy to move on. So you have to run an RPO, and it has to be relatively quick. 
whenever you start doing second and third level RPOs, it can be problematic because of the timing that can exist on the offensive line. Now, John Garrison has his work cut out for him. He needs to do it. But this team needs to pass block better, and they probably need to incorporate some pass blocking in their normal schemes. Again, this offense has a chance to be really good. The second leading freshman rusher in the history of the SEC behind Herschel Walker is in that backfield. It's going to be fine. Wide receivers, you have all-conference players, you have five stars, and you still have Jordan Watkins, Jalen Robinson, and all these other guys that can um, pop up as well. Jeremiah Dillon, I love him. Larry Simmons, going to be a really good player. So the pieces are in place to do it. They schematically need to figure out how to maximize them. And honestly, all they would need to do is go back to 2021, 2020 um, offense to maximize this what this offense is doing. That's it. That's all they have to do. Now, another thing before we take our um, break real quick is they have to play more players. Everybody is going to say there's a roster problem. There's an issue. No, there's not. You're not giving recruited players that are more than talented enough to do it a chance to do it on the, um, the game stage. They're set back in the back. And part of that, I believe, and this is just my opinion, is they run two fields at practice. So the number of players up on field one are less than, you know, than it normally would be. So maybe Lane Kiffin doesn't see these players live getting the reps and doing what they need to do because they're down on the bottom field and they have to earn promotion to the top field. Maybe that's an issue. Um, I, the reps there, I, they need to be turned loose. What you're playing is 35 players. You need to be playing 50, period. You need to find 15 more players that are going to play in games from August to December. That's what you need to do. Whether necessarily you think they're ready by these last two years' standards or not, they need to play anyway. And that'll prevent the team from wearing down later on in the season. That'll also increase your depth if there's some injuries, like the Auburn situation from 2021. You will be all right. Anyway, I want to tell you right now, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goal. So go in there, create a LinkedIn profile. You can see online the template to do it. They're all over the place. But LinkedIn Job helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify those most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering high-quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, we talked in the first segment some things, especially offensively, that Ole Miss needs to do moving into 2023. And if they do that, they will be positioned to be the 2023 TCU. Everybody's going to point to Ole Miss's schedule at Alabama, at Georgia, at Mississippi State, at Auburn, and that's the SEC place, at Tulane. Yes, it's going to be difficult, but if you are as good as you want to be, that won't matter. That The schedule really only matters if you are 7-5 and five team. If you are on the cusp of being able to go to a bowl. If you are a nine-win team, you're pretty much a nine-win team, whether or not that schedule exists. Now, are they going to be hard games? Yeah. This, the SEC West with Georgia, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Is it going to be what we think it is right now? No. Every single season in preseason we do is like wins and loss going through the schedule. And every single one, it never turns out like we say it will. It just will. At this point... Last year, we talked about how LSU could never make it because of all the transfers and everything going on. They ended up going on to Atlanta and winning the West. Talked about Alabama and how this could be the best team in the history of the next Saban teams. And this team didn't make the playoff, even though Alabama's played for like six of the last seven national championships. You don't know what's going on in January. So everything is about hope. Everything's about preparation. and Everything needs to move forward. Now, if you do the things you need to do right now, it will maximize September, October, November, December. And the players that we have on the roster have a chance to be an offensive juggernaut in 2023 against the schedule that we play. We saw this weekend... A good throwing team with good wide receivers can get Georgia. Georgia was lucky to win that game. And I think even Georgia would tell you that. Now, Aiden Williams, same size and build as Marvin Harrison Jr. He might not be ready by the end of the year or whatever, but he has a chance to be really good. Santarian Perkins... An unbelievable player that's moving up the charts down in Orlando right now. If he doesn't get his fifth star, I would be absolutely surprised at this point. He has been a top five player down there this whole time. And we told you all last week that he had a chance to be the best player down there. But now that the pad's coming on and they're actually playing football, it's time for him to shine. He's somebody that I expect to really show out during the football game. But these pieces can help. And defensively, I told you in the first segment that TCU's defensive coordinator, that's how this defense probably needs to evolve. Now, the 3-2-6 principle with the the essential of the, the play with the robber, that has a role in this defense. And that has a role against spread offenses because that protects behind the linebackers in front of the safeties, which... Spread offense make a living on doing RPOs. They run RPOs off of linebackers. They torture them. Just like Ole Miss, those robbers, 
make plays. And even the way that you don't expect a player to be there type deal. So that 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 specific defense within Ole Miss's defense has a place, and they need to keep doing it. I do want them to incorporate and evolve to more of a 3-3 stack, similar to what TCU ran against Michigan. You played a team that has run the ball all year, just ran over people, even bragged about playing Smash Mouse football. All of that stuff over and over again. TCU won't be able to do it. Play a 3-3-5 against us. You won't be able to succeed. TCU was able to stand up. And they were able to fit runs. And they made that part of the offense difficult. Like I said, Jim Harbaugh figured out some stuff because he's actually a decent football coach, despite what some people say. But he schemed some yards up because they were about to get boat raced in that game. TCU deserved to win that game. TCU was the better team that night. And that defense, you could just see that Michigan's offense was surprised that this 3-3-5 was able to cause so much havoc on their offensive line, which was the number one offensive line in the country. It's... It's important. This is the evolution. You can take that 3-3-5. You can build it around Suntarian Perkins. He's the future of that defense. Build it immediately. Design that free-roaming place defensively to where you can maximize what he does. Send him after the quarterback. Um, Let him cover. Let him just play football because whenever he does that, there's not many people in this country that are better than him. You have your thumper in Jeremiah Jean Batiste or Jean Batiste. You have Austin Keys, which has a little bit of size as well. Ashante Seastrong has a chance to be a real player at the second level. Take a JJ Pegues, have him lose 10 pounds, and move him out to one of the ends. Let Cedric Johnson have the other. Fill the linebackers up behind them, and let's play football. That's what this defense needs to do. It's there. It is all there. Everybody's going to talk about three-man front, four-man front. That's, that's, that's bunk. You saw this weekend when what a three-man front effectively played can do against a power-running team. That right there should give us hope moving into 2023. Those things that, starting with the Kentucky game, the Vanderbilt game, this year, won't necessarily be issues next year. If we evolve, if we don't, we're doomed to do the same thing over and over again. And the 3-2-6, as it sits right now, like I said, I like it. Horrible matchup for the Georgia Bulldogs. Like, that's a game that has a chance to get completely out of hand. Horrible matchup. So we need to find a way to evolve. A lot of the stuff that we do 3-2-6 wise is basically play normal 3-3 and normal 3-4 type schemes with undersized personnel. That, that, that happens some. So the evolution may not be as drastic as you think it is. I mean, I mean, they have a chance to be pretty good defensively. I think Suntarian is going to change this defense, even as a freshman. Think Tony Connor, the the uh, impact that he had in 2013 
and in 2014, that is the type of impact that Perkins is going to have on this defense. I mean, it, it, it is a really, really big deal for him. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends of every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball to World Cup, we have got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notification and participate in the conversation down below in the comment section and upvoting the video. We'd appreciate it very much. So we have talked about things and little tweaks that Ole Miss can do that can potentially lead them to a TCU 2023 type season. Um, And it isn't hard to get there. Now, Ole Miss has Alabama and Georgia. That's difficult games, but it's not hard to get to there. Good players. Improve the offense. Just go back to what they were doing in 2021. That's all you have to do offensively. Defensively, evolve. Do what TCU was doing with the 3-3 stack against Michigan. If you do that, you'll be all right as well. So anyway... We're talking about 2023, but Ole Miss received an important 2024 commit. Damon Williams out of Arizona, quarterback, has committed to the Ole Miss Rebels, and everybody's got questions about Walker White and everything. We're going to get to that. But Damon Williams, really good quarterback. Now, when you look at his video and just see him play, you see Kyler Murray and Bryce Young. He, that is the build. That is all of that going on and the way he plays the game. Now, will that translate to the SEC level? Well, that's the reason he wants to go to Ole Miss to begin with. But this is a quarterback that has played Dylan Rolla, who is a five-star quarterback, um, twice and beat him twice. Um, this is a kid that played Malachi Nelson, USC 2023 commit, beat him as well. This is a kid that plays, I think, at Basha High School that won their first state championship this year. They're not a traditional power. This will be the first one. So I tell you that to tell you this. This is a kid that elevates those around him to levels that they haven't gotten to. And that is important for the quarterback position. Now, we can discuss later on um, in this segment whether or not that he stays. And early on, early commitments, people are going to get upset because Marcel Reed, I'm not going to say burned him, but everything, the situation changed. But Damon Williams is a really, really athletic quarterback who is an excellent thrower of the football. He has a chance to be really, really good, folks. Now, Here's the question and here's the problem that Ole Miss has. This episode is essentially, can Ole Miss be 2023 TCU? That that is this episode. Well, if that happens, 
That means Jackson Dart went off. Absolutely went off. And if that happens, his potential to go into the NFL draft is up there. I know we're thinking about what's going on and they're just trying to see what's happening and trying to read the tea leaves a little bit. And they assume that Jackson Dart is going to be here three through 2024, just seeing what's going on. But if Jackson Dart improves from year one to year two, the way that Matt Corral did, there's not going to be a year three for him. If there is, that year three could be special. It just absolutely could. Because the kid's got all the tools in the world. But we'll see how it goes next season. Ole Miss starts off against Mercer. That's a great get-your-feet-wet game um, against the Mercer Bulldogs. But then they have Georgia Tech, Tulane, Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn. There's a six-game stretch in the middle of the season that'll be difficult. So if Jackson Dart navigates all of that and has a huge year, there's a chance he could go pro. I mean, we don't need to pretend otherwise. I know if people take the data point of 2022 and move that forward, if he does 2022 and does not get better at all, he'll be here until he graduates. But if he takes a jump and takes a, you know, that's that's the way football works. So it's important for DeMond Williams, and everybody should be excited about him. He's a really good player. But Again, he's not here, or he would be a true freshman starting in 2024. That's the situation that I'm curious about. Now, Walker White. I honestly believe that Ole Miss is going to try and recruit both of them. I don't think they're going to get both of them, but they're going to try to get both of them. And that is because they missed last year, and they missed this year on a quarterback. Just didn't sign one, period. And knowing that, tells me that I don't think they're going to cut bait with somebody that's been to campus like six times. They're going to try and get him where he needs to be, and hopefully he'll commit as well. Because we'll say that, oh, Ole Miss isn't going to sign both of them, but Alabama does. Does everybody remember when Tennessee got Peyton Manning? Brandon Stewart was in that class. Top quarterbacks, it doesn't matter. Walker White is going to look here and say, oh, DeMond Williams, okay, decent quarterback, but that's not going to affect anything. So we will see exactly how it goes. But a really good quarterback pickup for the 2024 class to join Jordan Lockhart as two four-stars. Blue chip after blue chip being added um, in high school recruiting. Even even this class where they only signed 12 players, like eight of them are four-stars. Good classes. Now, we need to see exactly what we can do. And much like this show, recruiting and everything else is going to evolve based on needs. We're just not going to assume that it's not. But we'll see exactly what happens. If they do these things going up to the 2023 season, evolve the defense, go back to the 2021 offense, Um, With the players that they have in place, they have a chance to have a special year. Everybody's going to talk about roster problem. That roster problem is self-inflicted. People aren't getting played. 
And I think it is because of the way they practice to where Lane Kiffin's up on the first field with the starters, a smaller group, and the younger players are down at the second field. I think we need to find 15 more players to play early in the 2023 season. It'll help them stay fresh. It'll help them against Mercer to get them game reps. It'll help with depth. You won't have a situation like Auburn 2021, period. Should be a really good day. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I hope everybody had a good time. This is a fun episode. I've been excited about this one for two days. So it was really fun to do. I hope everybody enjoyed it, and I will see you tomorrow. Thank you.